focuses what is developer experience, like what we think it means. And obviously you can tell me what you see in other companies as well. Uh, and then what you feel makes a good developer experience. Okay, got it. So for us, uh, for me, it breaks down to four things. I used to have three and I recently added a fourth. I, I hope this is the last one. So <laughs> starts with product design and specifically for me, because I work in developer tools with SDKs, um, API design. The reasoning being that there's no amount of DevRel, there's no amount of docs, there's no amount of whatever marketing that can overcome a bad product. And the best kinds of docs are the docs I don't have to read because the design is so intuitive that no one has a question. It's just yeah. so boring. Like, why would, you, why would you blog about this? It's so boring. That's good design. So that's the first thing. Second thing is docs, obviously. Docs, I think I care a lot about just because... People want to read examples. People want to read intuitive documentation, anticipate my needs, help me debug, warn me about foot guns and known flaws. Like it's okay to have flaws. It's not okay to not acknowledge them and just because you're shy about it. Mm -hmm. If you let people know that you have flaws, people can work around it. But if you just wait until they run into it and then you come, they come into support and then you tell them, oh yeah, yeah, we see this a lot. That's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Just put it on the docs. <laughs> Yeah. And then third, DevRel, content marketing, reaching out to people. So this very top of funnel. And then finally, community, which is not your employees reaching out to the others, but it's as people finding help within the community of other users. Nice. So dig into community a little bit more. Is that your, was that your fourth? Was that the one that you yeah. added? Yeah. Nice. I uh, know the, the fourth actually was API design because like I was never okay. really sure about it until I spent a lot of time on it. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is really impactful. And it's, it's not traditionally part of the DX role, but the more I do it, the more I realize like it is part of DX and it is the most formative part. So we have to get this right to get the other stuff right. Sure. Okay. Let's actually back up then. So you mentioned when you said API design, you mentioned product design and me being like a product design background. What, when you say product design, are you referring to the craft of product designer or are you referring to the design of the product? Obviously the craft of product designer and your job in, in particular is important. And I mean, I, I, what's weird is like, basically, are you saying like, should you also be a designer? And I'm not a designer. I think it just matters that you have input into the design as a developer, as a user, and really, really try to get into the mindset. It doesn't have to be pretty. It has to be functional. It has to be reliable, fast, predictable, stuff like that. And then pretty comes after all that, right? So yeah. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, the way I think about product design is less of, of it being a single person's role. I look at product designers as more facilitators to bring multiple perspectives or points of views to the table and then to synthesize that into a good experience. And so I think we're saying similar things, but I would just say like giving developers more, more of an input, right? I see a lot of like teams where they like lean on it. They're like, oh, I'm not a designer. I'm not a designer. You know, like you, you do this, you know, and it's like, yeah, but you are. You know, you're still yeah. a designer. You're still designing experience in some way. So I think that's important to bring all of those voices to the table. Talk to me more about like the documentation aspect and, and in relation, I guess. So part of my assumptions, I guess I was a, a engineer like a, a long time ago and documentation was like the first, that was like the marketing for me, right? If I could go to a product and if I wanted to see what a product was about, the first thing I would look at is documentation. Do you feel like that is still, do you feel like in, that's an industry-wide thing or was that a unique thing to me or, and, and how important is that versus the actual marketing 
on the like kind of the marketingmed.com and all of that stuff. Yeah, as a developer, I just go straight to docs. Okay. If you don't have good docs, I don't, I'm not going to use you anyway. And marketing, you're most likely to lie to me uh, versus I want to see the API and the code. So, which is funny because I work on our marketing site and I know that it's pointless. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that people use it for is non-technical people or like, you know, people who are just browsing. I mean, obviously some people, some developers like the marketing site. And so I put a lot of effort into making it something that would appeal to me, but yeah. I know just by force of habit, people are yeah, going to yeah. just go straight to docs. So it is what it is. Yeah. Docs. So docs actually serve the dual purpose, right? You're there to inform, mm -hmm. but then also you are, and you're slightly selling it, right? Because people mm -hmm. come to you, to the docs to evaluate whether they want to use you or not. Yep. So you have to sell it a little bit. One thing that has been really on my mind is what I've been calling a learning journey or learning path. Mm, I like, okay. I like journey just because uh, you yeah. have to take a journey, have an opinion about where people should go and what comes next instead of just making everything flat. And you're like, okay, the world's at your fingertips. Now I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a tricky trade-off for the first time user versus the experienced user who just wants to get there. Right. Yep. So a couple things help, which is search, uh, search is super helpful for the advanced user to like, they know what they're looking for. Just, just go look it up. Every clear separation between API reference and the getting started or tutorial or intro or hello world. Mm -hmm. Um, so, cause API references, you know, pro users, they, they know exactly the structure of what they want. And then the other thing is how many people actually mind the, how long it takes to learn your thing. <clears throat> so do you have an opinion on, Hey, like, I'm not ready to get in, get married to you yet. I'm not ready to get business married or whatever. Like I just heard data stacks is cool. I have 15 minutes. What can you give me in that 15 minutes? Have you planned for that? Like straight that straight up reading time. <laughs> have you have you worried about your reading time for your core concepts and have you got it down or do you yep. is it essentially unconstrained and people just add and add and add and add and add? Yeah, um, which is a very likely thing to do because obviously more docs is good docs, right? Uh, yep. Actually, no. <laughs> um, and then finally, I actually worry a lot about structure. So, do my headings make sense? Because most of the time, I'm just scanning headings within the paragraphs. Have I bolded things correctly? Um, it's just text, a good enough representation. Should I use a table here? Uh, should I use an image here? Uh, image speaks a thousand words, right? Am I coming up with a thousand different custom images to represent things? Or do I have a small constrained set of images that I can refer people back to constantly? I have a preference for that right now. I may change my opinion on that. Hmm. But uh, yeah, does that help? Yeah, definitely. I love the, the learning journey name. I wanted to dig into that a little bit more for you yeah. personally. How do you like to learn? How do I like to learn? Um, give me the core concepts and then give me a tutorial to go through. Uh, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like kind of let me figure it out. There's like a very Montessori kind of uh, fashion in, in the sense of like, I'm never going to sit through like a three hour thing that has a comprehensive tutorial. But I, you know, give me a, give me a good enough hello world and then let me loose and then give me like, here's four paths that you can follow based on your interests. So it's a bit of a choose your own adventure, but constrained to where I probably am in my learning journey. So I think that, that makes a lot of sense. Nice. I actually gave a, I gave a presentation yesterday at our company, like we have a community meetup. I gave a presentation yesterday about how we're going about the learning journey. So I'm going to post it up on our YouTube probably on Friday, but I, I can give you the gist of it if you want. Like, I mean, it's like, it's, it's yeah, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, let me just pull it up.
uh, temple meetup October 2021. So, and this is like a blog post that I was prepping, but then like this event, this obviously became like a multi-year journey, a uh, multi-month journey. So mm -hmm. I just gave up on the blogging and, and just went to do it. So here's our, here's our path for this. Uh, basically the, the core question is how long does it take to learn the thing? What features do you have and what order should you learn them? And the idea is that we have docs can have one view of the world, DevRel can have one view of the world, product can have one view of the world. All of them need to have the same map of, <laughs> we're all talking the same thing, right? Right, right? We're not sure actually. So, you know, sometimes people represent things differently. So the, the process is take an inventory, identify core features, define everything, group them, and then draw the journey. Right. So these are the journeys. You're allowed to draw whatever, whatever journey you want. You, you know, you're unique. You have your own special preferences, but here are the landmarks, here are the continents, and here are the journey. And we recommend you start here, you know, right. something like that. That's okay. Singapore, by the way. That's uh, where I'm from. Um, <laughs> so, so feature, um, I'll just, I'll just skip forward. What's the core feature? There's a trade-off meaning like too many, it's meaningless. No one's going to remember like 10 core features. Too few is trivial because then I could replicate you with like a, you know, Excel file. So you have to trade off marketing, you have to trade off how to teach people, you have to trade off simplicity. So we, I, I, we inventoried all the features and then we started to, we identified the core. So these are the six core features that we want to market and promote as top level. Um, and then we tagged everything else. So tagging is an important part because like from the outset, you're not going to know. You're just, there's too much. Everything, like everything has like sometimes a dual purpose. You're just not going to know. And then from there, you try to identify like, all right, these are closer features to others. And we just put them together because then these, all these should be taught together because they're just mm -hmm. neighbors. Right. And then you're like, okay, I, I have a rough 2d mapping and this is one mapping of that space. I'm a math grad student. So I think about things a lot in like multidimensional space and how you project things onto two-dimensional maps because yeah, yeah. That's, that's about the mental bandwidth that we have. And then we draw neighborhoods and we're like, oh, okay, like these are the main concerns that we deal with apart from just the core APIs, right? So when we do docs, let's make sure to cover these at all times. And when we do DevRel, yeah, it's fun, it's fun to, to cover advanced stuff, but also, hey, don't forget like the really bread and butter stuff. And then you draw learning journeys. Start here. I'm a developer. I'm going to go here. I'm a platform team. I'm going to go here. Yeah, that's about it. I like that. Yeah, I love. So, um, so we've been map. implementing in our docs. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of just like visual mapping exercises because I feel like it's one of the best ways to not only clarify your own thinking, but also to communicate that thinking outward. So I really appreciate that. Particularly landmarks. Uh, landmarks. So I feel like I missed this in my own presentation. So I, yeah. I feel like I need a redo. But landmarks are things where in customer conversations, they come up disproportionately as answers to questions. Hey, did you know about this? Oh, this is a commonly asked question. We have this feature that we never talk about in our docs, but actually I, this comes up in every conversation. Mm -hmm. That's an FAQ or a landmark, right? Like to highlight that, make that, make that come up proactively so people know about it instead of hiding it. Who do you think from going back to the overall concept of developer experience, who, who besides, I guess, Maybe more recently, who have you seen, like, instead of, you know, the classic, like, Stripe use cases, like, Stripe, Twilio, Heroku, like, who do you, like, more <laughs> recently, who do you feel does a really good job with developer experience, like, out of the box? Oh, have you seen anything recently? So, okay, there's one big one that you're missing, which is GitHub. Yeah, um, yeah. GitHub is really crushing it these days. I don't know what happened, but I think ever since they got, like, Nat Friedman and, Nat is clearly just a, a super geek. Like he's almost like Patrick Collison level in terms of like, he's a CEO, but he still codes. And I've heard 
anecdotes from multiple GitHubers about how it's like to work with it. So it's, it's really great. So apart from GitHub, and then this one, this time I'm biased because I'm an investor is Superbase. And I mean, should I also mention Netlify where I used to work? Yeah. Um, Netlify has an interesting division in terms of developer experience because before I left, we never really had docs under the same umbrella. And it was very disjoint because the way that DevRel would talk about the product was completely different from docs. And it was just a different org. And, mm. and like to the point where DevRels would just give up and like, I'm never getting into docs. Uh, and I, I have this user pain I'm trying to solve. I would like to contribute to docs, but docs are so backed up. There's no way to get across to them. So I'm going to have to go blog and just mm -hmm. send my blog to other people. So blog is a patch. It's actually a smell. Mm of something broken in your company and it looks like productivity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not, it's really broken. So I, it, it was only fixed after I left, but I mean, I, I think uh, Netlify is, is doing well these days. What do you think the most misunderstood thing about developer experience is? Misunderstood? Um, yeah. I don't know, man. What do you think that, that you hear often people kind of misrepresent developer experience being, if that is a better way to phrase it? I think they're, I think they say something like, oh, developer experience is UX, but for developers, hmm. which I, which you hear a lot. I feel like the, the profession is at least as, as I'm practicing it, as I see other people practicing it is going in a very different direction than traditional UX path. So I think when you say that it's a nice sentiment, but in practical terms, DX is coming across as uh, DevRel definitely at its core and then docs and then uh, community and then API design and also integrations, by the way, I, I include integrations under API design because integrations is just non-core API design, <laughs> but uh, you know, just for completeness in Netlify, the DX org has an integrations team and that primarily does like VS code integrations, uh, mm -hmm. Next.js integrations, whatever, not non-core stuff that is still core. I mean, CLI, I think is under there. Yeah. So I just think it's like, it's currently a very broad space. I also have my, some people I work with say it's so overused that it's meaningless. And I, I do actually see that sentiment. I don't necessarily agree with it, which is also partially why I'm worried about, so my title is head of developer experience. And yet you're over there saying that my title is meaningless. What does that mean? How does that make me feel? Um, mm -hmm. Not great. Um, so I, I get it. I get it. Because like everyone says their own thing. And I think partially there's a race to the bottom in terms of industry terminology. Like this always mm -hmm. happens, right? Like mm -hmm. you're like, this is so vague now. It's, uh, it's so meaningless. But that always happens because you're successful. Because everyone wants to squeeze their thing under your, your umbrella. That's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm not threatened by it. Yeah. And this might, I mean, feel free to, to push back and, and if you don't have, if you can't say anything about it, but I'm, I'm curious on, this is more of a selfish question is how, how is like, how is the developer experience? Is it like an org within like in temporal is, is developer experience an org? Is it sit within DevRel? Is there like, what is that kind of, what is your team composition and org comp composition look like? It's currently under product. And I think that's a function of honestly, like people and precedent or yeah, I, I don't have a strong opinion there. In Netlify, it, DX was a different org. Than, and that's just because uh, the founders valued it enough or the, the person running DX, which is Sarah at the time, wanted to report directly and she was VP level. So you don't want to have a VP report to another VP, right? Like, it's just weird. So honestly, I think it's just like corporate politics at that point. Yeah. You Earlier, you had mentioned, you, we were talking about docs and the relation to like DevRel. Where do you... 
who do you think should, I mean, besides everyone at the company, who do you think should be like a core champion of, of documentation for your product? Do you think that like, I guess, core champion. yeah, I guess another question is like, it sounded like you were insinuating earlier that doc should be a part of like the DevRel org. And that would be like the, the best case scenario. Is that accurate? Um, I do think that not, I, I do think that's best case, but again, you know, if your if your docs leader has a separate sway or, or already has existing reporting structures, then we have to respect that. So whatever it is, like docs has always been a little bit independent of the rest of, like DevRel or product, um, mm-hmm. and tech, technical writing is a is a separate discipline and skill altogether. And you have to work with them. So the way I think about this is that. Ideally, this is ideal case. We're, we're not. Ideally, Docs is a service team rather than an endpoint. Mm-hmm. Here's what I mean by service versus endpoint. HR is a service team. HR enables every other team to hire because they take away the hard parts of hiring and they, they leave you with just the interviews, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they do the onboarding, they do the contracts, they do whatever benefits and stuff. Those are important, but they're done for you rather than they decide to hire as well and then just drop a person on your lap, right? Yeah, yeah. So what if Docs did the Docs infrastructure, did the overall organization, it made it easy for the rest of the company to write Docs. Mm. So, so that the product that I maintain, that I ship, that I as an engineer write, I'm also responsible for the, for the docs. And if it's not there, it's, it's, it's on me. I can't just say, like, oh yeah, the docs team sucks. They, mm. they, they didn't do a good job of documenting my thing. No, it's, it's on you. The, the typical pushback, I mean, it sounds nice, right? It's, mm-hmm. this, this, like, it sounds very nice. The particular pushback from the docs people are like, oh, my docs are not consistent anymore because different people mm-hmm. writing a different voice. Sure, you can have a review process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at, the, at some point, you're going to have to let go, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to have to say, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it's going to sound a little different, but like, what is the cost of that versus us moving faster? Our, our engineers feeling like they have some say in the docs because they do, they have final word. And how does that feed into ownership, right? This concept of really owning a, a thing from end to end, I think is extremely powerful. And if you take yeah. that away from people, they're going to say like, all right, not my job. I'm just going to, you know, do what I'm told. And then I'm going to move on. Like, you don't feel like you own the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the other Part of that is actually, so for what it's worth, like that's how I operate our Helios team, which is our design system. And so they have like a governance process where we we like encourage everyone, all the engineers to contribute to the system, right? But we have principles and guidelines for them in in order for them to do that. And I think one of the side effects, the other side effects is like you asked about the trade-off for velocity is also like trade-off for like comprehension, because I think like if you're a centralized team that is like, oh, we're the docs team, we're going to write every single piece of docs, yeah. you have to be an expert in every single thing the company does, <laughs> right? Rather than passing that expertise down to the people yeah. that are actually working on the feature end to end. So I think that's another yeah. trade-off. You you're have absolutely, like yep. docs yep, exactly. that don't make sense, you know? I'll tell you, I mean, I'll tell you, we have a problem on our side because we we do docs in different languages. Mm. So that's even more. Uh, every every feature I have is multiplied by four right now. And the moment we add like two more SDKs, you know, then we have wow. six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no way, you know, I have two technical writers, like there's no way. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, uh, that's great. So last question, then I'll let you, I'll let you jump. So the things you mentioned, so you said product design, API design, integrations, docs, DevRel content, or the DevRel side of it and the community side of it. Those are kind of the things that you're kind of makeup of developer experience. What would you say if you had to pick one of those things to really just focus in on, what would that be? 
well, I mean, out of context, like that, you got to give me like, that's, that's not enough to work with, man. Like, where am I starting? What's my starting? Okay. So start at like a baseline in each of those. <laughs> Say it's a fresh product. Say it's a brand new product. Would uh-huh. you start doing all of them equally to begin with? Or would no. you start at one end or the other? Yeah, but I think the order makes sense from the what, what, I, what I laid out, radiating okay. out from the product, you know, like make sure their product design is solid, make sure the docs are solid. Then you start doing DevRel outreach. Yep. Uh, and then once you have existing users and you can start building a community around it, you know, so for us, like we're like in that middle stage. Yeah, I, I definitely think like obviously all of them are important. Like I can make a strong case for all of them and I'm not in the habit of picking favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily to say that, you know, you would pick one and ignore the others. It was just a thought exercise just to see there's like prioritization yeah. wise. There's some pragmatism as well, right? Like you're in your role and guess what? Like other people are in charge of products. They just are. So you're not, you're, you only have like, this is how I rent. I, I used to say things at, at Amazon. Um, at Amazon, because where I was, I was a developer at AWS Amplify, we had like 150 feature requests that like are varying like pain points that we could document. Uh, you throw that at the products and eng team and they'll just ignore all of them. Mm-hmm. You only get like two or three shots a year on just like, hey, no, like really, this, this is the one to go after and this is, has the most impact. And you have to pick your battles and, and just, you know, go justify it and ship it with, with the product team. The rest, you're all kind of on your own. So whatever you can't get into the core product, then you make up with the rest. Nice. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Dan. Hopefully that, that was helpful. I, I like, I like, um, I love being, I love talking with people about this and like, obviously if you've see, seen other ideas, um, I, I'd love to share notes about them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me stop recording.